Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopard gnome. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ridiculous Hat, and this is the penultimate episode of The Angry Chicken. And before you hit that 10-second rewind to go, wait, what? I did say penultimate episode. So we got a special announcement for you today, guys. (laughs) So as you know, I am expecting a baby in October. But what you don't know is that we are also in the process of selling our house and moving, which is happening at the end of this month. So I was hoping to be settled and to be able to keep recording right up until the fall. But it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. So I've made the God damn it. <laughs> 19 seconds. <laughs> I was timing. OK, so I have made the very difficult decision to end the angry chicken. I did it. I said it. <laughs> you said it. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to take it for a second here. It's, you you do your thing. That's going to be over there crying. We're this is not on video. We are going to be live next week on Twitch at our previously normal time, 8 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, uh, what we did before all this stuff. But uh, listeners, I'm sure you've noticed things have been anything but normal over here for us. There are a lot of Pressures on both of our time. Uh, recording offline. Jocelyn has a person inside of her, which has not been typical for most of the show's history. Um, it's just... Why did you have to put it like that? <laughs> because you need to laugh right now. That's why. And it's also, it's true. So there are just so many things that are changing, and we recognize that we're not at the point to give you the level of content that Angry Chicken has done for so many years, and both of us right now are just... Moving in in directions that don't make the show realistic to continue producing. It's been an incredible run. I joined very late in the show's run. Uh, I was a fan first. I am still a fan to this very day. Uh, we will be live on Wednesday, twitch.tv slash jossplays. Uh, Garrett will be joining us. I am certain that the tiers that we have today are a drop in the bucket as to what will go down next week. Um, and we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate all of you listeners patrons everyone that's been here for us the show has been running for 10 years 10 years crazy 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 i can't believe longevity joss you've been here the whole time uh it's been an honor (laughs) to to cast with you honor to cast with garrett but it's time uh and it's unfortunate but the reality is it's just what's right for us what's right for the show a lot of great content creators out there uh hearthstone doing just fine so plenty of people to pick up the torch yeah, absolutely. And and that was, uh, this is the thing. It's just life. It's not Hearthstone at all for me. Um, and a huge, big, ultra, mega, crazy 
amazing thank you to Hat because like the show would have ended months ago if he hadn't been able to to help me out and keep the lights on. So Hat, you've been amazing. <laughs> Glad to be a part of it. Oh, I knew this was going to be hard, but it is so much harder with all these effing hormones. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, you guys might be wondering what this is going to mean. So as Hat said, we are going to be recording live on Twitch next week at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that is April 19th. So that will be the final episode of The Angry Chicken. Garrett is going to join us. And for patrons, what this means for you is uh, we are going to keep the Patreon up because of the way we run the Patreon. You guys are not going to be charged after these last two episodes. Uh, that means that you'll get to keep your patron status and um, you can basically just stay subscribed and you'll keep your discord access and everything else. I'm likely going to flip the discord over to a public discord after the final show. Uh, we have a really awesome community here at The Angry Ticket, and I want to make sure that you guys have a place to gather and, and chat about Hearthstone even after the show ends. So uh, for patrons, don't worry, you don't have to unsubscribe. We're not deleting it or anything else. It's basically because we do pay for content. There just won't be any more content. You don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. No one gets charged any money. Everything will be fine. So uh, with that, if you would like to become a patron, over patreon.com slash tack. That is who is supporting us for these last two weeks. Um, <laughs> you can get access to our TAC Discord server. Again, that is over at patreon.com slash tack. So you want to get into some non-angry chicken news? <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the Festival of Legends. The new set is here. Uh, this is the first episode of Year of the Wolf. And uh, we will... We will... We have a bunch to talk about. Let's go. Good news, everyone. Ah! Oh, no. I mean, I do like I do like love wolves, but man, one of these years it has to be a unicorn, right? <laughs> like eventually they'll just run out of animals. <laughs> I mean, they they make up animals sometimes. Like they they can always make more. I wonder if we'll get year of the unicorn before we get like year of the tall strider or whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, that would be so disappointing. I mean, at this point, it does almost feel targeted. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we should do Year of the Unicorn. No. <laughs> it's there. There are unicorns in WoW, right? Like, I know Lucid Nightmare kind of looks yeah. like a unicorn. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what they are. So they're they're coursers, um, which are horses with horns, which is basically a unicorn. But they're they're just not called unicorns. But they exist. <laughs> yes, they do. They were in the very first, and I know I've said this before. I've said this so many times before, every single freaking rotation. I didn't make it up out of nowhere. I'm not asking for things that weren't in the original, very first image of the year of the whatever tentacles it was for old gods. Kraken. <laughs> year of the Kraken. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, it had, it, had, it had a unicorn. I believe you. It should have been next. <laughs> Soon, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But I do love wolves. Wolves are just outside doggies, and that makes me happy, so. <laughs> yes. They're good boys. Um, so we do have, before we get into what have we been playing, what's up with the meta, which is the vast majority of this episode, there are a couple little bug things that I want to tell you about. Just real quick. So first of all, diamond cards. 
You know Benedictus? You know Ragnaros? They are diamond, but the Ragnaros is supposed to be classic only because they didn't think they were going to bring him back. And Benedictus was in Stormwind, so the diamond version is technically not the core version. But they're working on it. If you own these diamonds, I mean, you can't dust them, but if you could, then don't. Um, because they're <laughs> going to they're gonna try and make those standard usable. Um, it's in the known issues list, so I imagine we'll see those soon. Uh, there are a couple things right now that will make a deck invalid. So the 26.0 patch that came out last week, it fixed a bug with Death Knight where everyone was given all of the, co- the core cards in Golden when they were supposed to be tied to your win count. So if you had a Death Knight deck that was using those Golden core cards, they got removed from your collection. You still have the base versions, but it didn't automatically replace them. So if you copy and repaste the code, it should work. It should automatically fill in with the correct ones. Uh, this is the same. There might be decks right now that are invalid. If you built a deck with a version of a card, then you opened a better version and re-rolled what was in that deck, it also does not get oh. automatically replaced. So you'll try and queue it. It'll say there was an error starting your game. Again, just copy and repaste the code or manually replace the card and you'll be fine. So if that's coming up, then that's the way to fix it. And one last thing, uh, one Amalgam Band in particular, you can get up to eight abilities and they all have tooltips. And they do not all show on the screen if you rolled a lot of them. And Poisonous and Lifesteal, the icons overlap on the bottom of the card. So if you roll more than six abilities and two of them are Poison and Lifesteal, you can't tell if it has Lifesteal. They're aware, they're working on it, they're either going to move, they, they could move Lifesteal to the top, uh, or they could make two columns. They said they're working on it, so... That'll get fixed. Known issue. <laughs> Correct. So you you talked about uh, re-rolling cards and decks and everything else, and this is obviously just the day after the expansion launched. How did your pack openings go? Uh, you just have everything, right? <laughs> well, I always have everything day one uh, because, you know, Ivory Tower, blah, blah, content creator. Um, <laughs> and in the interest of full disclosure, due to press coverage support, uh, Blizzard does... Uh, provide some cards uh they provide some codes so just be aware of that uh but you know don't worry about my lifetime spending on hearthstone please please don't ask it's not it's not okay um <laughs> but so i had a lot of dust going into this expansion um and I so did too actually i think yeah. because i ended up last last time because of just crazy ridiculous stupid luck uh not having to craft very many legendaries so i think by the end of the expansion i had almost like twenty thousand dust it was kind of crazy uh it's definitely the most i've ever had coming into an expansion i've spent almost all of it now because i only had the the one bundle i didn't get two bundles because okay i didn't know this was happening and i hope this didn't happen to anybody else but you couldn't purchase the bundles afterwards this time you could do it before. <laughs> Only then, last Not this time. Yeah. And I just assumed that would be a thing that they were going to do. So I was like, all right, I'll open my big bundle. And then if I find I'm still missing a lot of stuff, I'll just buy the smaller bundle after I do my pack opening. And then I went to the store and I was like, oh, no more bundle. Okay. <laughs> my instinct womp, womp. is that that one change is actually going to to hit them over two expansions. They did it one expansion and then immediately never did it. So that tells you pretty clearly they made less money because it instantly, silently went away, right? It's, I think they mentioned it in an article somewhere, um, and Deck Tech has a million tweets saying, hey, this pre-order's going to go away. Hey, this pre-order's going to go away. Hey, this pre-order's going to go away. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't watch Twitter enough, Deck no, Tech. <laughs> don't apologize for being off Twitter. That's a good sign these days. Um, I have been very much so. I keep opening it up and going, 
Uh, no, depressing. Close. <laughs> yep. But also what you're describing is not a unique experience. So I'm guessing that a lot of people were waiting to buy it and now they can't and they would have bought it if they'd known. So it might correct itself for next expansion, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're losing money twice here and it's kind of unfortunate. But they tried it. It seemed like a good thing to try, but clearly had some impact business-wise. So yeah, uh, so you only had the one bundle. I mean, how how far did you get? I did. Uh, so, and actually I had a pretty terrible pack opening this time too. Um, so I ended up, well, I ended up with all of the rares and commons and I think most of the epics, but my legendary haul was pretty terrible. So I was happy that I had all of that dust from last expansion because, uh, I was able to basically anything that I wanted to play, I was usually missing one or two legendaries and I could just craft it without really thinking about it. So I was able to craft all the legendaries I needed to try the decks that I wanted to play on day one. And it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I still have quite a few that I'm missing. Um, I did, though, make the decision because I had about 4,000 gold. And so I made the decision instead of buying a whole bunch of packs, like regular packs, I decided to just buy 10 golden packs. And yes, because you happened. can buy those with gold now. You can buy them with gold now. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? I Instead of just opening 40 regular packs, I'm going to try 10 golden packs and just see what happens. Uh, and I got a signature card, a second signature card. So, so I had 10 packs from the like the bundle. And so I, I got my, you know, pity timer or whatever uh, in there in that first 10. But then in my second 10 that I bought with gold, I got another uh, I got another um, signature card, which was really cool. And they look significantly better than last time around. And I did go back and look at the um, Lich King signature cards just to see. And like the change of not having the name through the middle with the text at the bottom and the full color art, like they they do look like it's quite an improvement this time around. So uh, I got DJ Manastorm Ooh. as my first signature. And my second signature was uh, Hipster, I think. That's the reward uh, so track one, I think. Maybe. Now I'm struggling to remember what it is that I opened then. <laughs> but anyways, point is, um, I did uh, I did actually get a signature out of my second set of 10 as well, which was really cool. So in the end, I, uh, I did have to craft some legendaries, but I'm feeling pretty decent about my collection so far. I know I'm still pretty far away in terms of getting all the legendaries, but I've got all the legendaries I need for the time being and still like I think about 2,000 dust left, so. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I sneakily let you go first because I had the best pack opening I've ever had. Um, <laughs> so, I, like, I had a lot of dust, too. I always do double bundle, uh, and again, supported, so I was in a position to do that. So, um, I had my usual, like, 11,000 gold or so, um, and so I said, you know, with this 11,000 gold... I usually open a ton of packs, have the dust, and have the full set already, and I like the goldens and I want the signatures. The signatures, these are not signature packs, they're golden packs. It's no longer you get a signature every seven uh, on average. It is 5% chance to open. So it should be one out of every 20. I beat that rate. I ended up with 39 of the golden packs uh, through the various bundles, and uh, all of that, all of my gold went towards them. Uh, and in those 39 packs, I opened seven legendaries. Uh, wow. I actually golems. opened a, a regular golden legendary as well. But yeah, so two signatures and a regular golden legendary, which seemed bananas. <laughs> it is good. But it's I opened uh, four goldens uh, and then Tony, Cagehead, and Mukla. 
Uh, and uh, four of those total legendaries were in uh, four packs. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> my, my wife picked the card back. I always, I have a spreadsheet. I keep track of card backs. <laughs> Oh, so then if a card back doesn't give you legendaries, does it go in like a pile of shame? <laughs> so it's hard back I, jail. If I go 20 packs without a legendary, I swap. I keep track of which ones are the luckiest. It's almost always food card backs. I don't I don't refuse <laughs> card backs, but it's almost always food ones. And my wife always gets the first one. She picked lemonade and lemonade got me uh, 11 legendaries. So wow, <laughs> extremely fortunate. Worked out very well. My wife has magic powers. Um, but yeah, it's I ended up from double bundle and then thirty nine golden packs. I had ten thousand extra dust. I had to craft one legendary. I did actually have to craft two epics because just fewer packs. All right, it's a quarter yeah, of the number of yeah. gold packs instead of the one hundred and ten I normally buy. Uh, but that was all with in game gold because every every expansion day I spend every single coin of in game gold I have empty it out, and then never touch it for the rest of the expansion. So it's always three days a year I spend my gold. So it's 11K every <laughs> launch, every launch day, which is like pretty good amount of free gold. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, it worked out. So I'm pretty happy with where I landed. Uh, the Mukla looks great in Signature. Uh, and Cagehead I haven't had a chance to play, but also looks pretty cool. But yeah, Mukla I've actually put in decks and attacked with it. And, you know, that card's bananas. Oh my god. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. <laughs> it's yeah, you should have. Drink some water. It's okay. It's, I will fix it in post. You got it. You got this all marked down. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good segue into what we're playing because I too have been playing the Dreaming Big Hunter Beast list, which um is a Renathal deck, which was actually pretty fun because I know the one we were playing in theory crafting was not. And this one has Quite a lot of uh, really big stuff. And I like really big stuff. It has Lothamar as well, which is super fun. If you can get him down on six or seven, like your deck is ridiculous. It's just bomb to bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> this is not big hunter. This is huge hunter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's big dreams, right? So that's the the five mana uh, summon the highest cost beast from your hand and it goes dormant for two turns. Which, when you have specifically, I had Banjosaur in my hand a couple of times, which normally is terrible to play for 10 mana. But if you can play five, a five mana spell, get it out there on turn five, it wakes up on turn seven, you've played Lothamar, and then all of a sudden your Banjosaur is pulling like double statted beasts and like it gets huge fast. So, I mean, uh, in general, the comment applies to every single game that I had over the last uh, 36 hours. But, um, oh my God, the aggro. So I died a lot, but when I got to do the thing, this is by far my favorite deck in the expansion. This thing is so freaking fun. When I wasn't dead, it was great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Put that on my tombstone. I was it, often it, has, dead. it has levels. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I will say, like, you could probably cut. So, like, there's, um, like, some wild spirit stuff, like, wild seed things going on that you could probably cut. Like, if you wanted to get rid of the, um, the whole Renathal stuff. So, you know, like, to take 10 cards out. Like, there's, uh, spirit poachers. There's wild spirits. Like, you could kind of take that stuff out. And I think you'd still totally be fine. 
Uh, same with like Frenzied Fangs could probably go like it's a little bit of like early game stuff to try to keep you in it. But I never found that it was enough to actually keep me in it. So I'm like, why am I making my deck like less consistent when I could just make it better? <laughs> See, I was trying to follow the logic of like remove the early game stuff when you're losing your early game. But if it if you're just putting band-aids on bullet wounds, like just stop getting shot. Exactly. And like, so the extra five health from Renathal was never even close to enough to keep me alive in those aggro matchups. And the early game set, like with the Wild Spirits, just like packaged specifically, because that stuff is all dormant, even with waking up one turn earlier, like that two, four taunt, <laughs> like my opponents are laughing at me <laughs> and it's not even instant, right? Like, again, it's, it's a random and, you know, so, and, and it's, and it's dormant. So it was even though it's like low cost stuff and it's early, early game air quotes, it was still too slow to try to keep up with aggro. So I think you could probably take all of that stuff and Renathal out of this and like Barrel of Monkeys. Very good. If you had like you should mulligan for that because that will keep you alive. <laughs> those monkeys are those <laughs> one fours. They seem insignificant, but just having that wall to keep put it like keep putting up that wall until you can get some other stuff online, like that was really helpful. Yeah, I think about even a card like Treasure Guard or something could be useful. Just like a five health taunt that gets you a little deeper in the deck. You're really just here for the survival. Uh and so yeah. early game, just more taunts and defensive stuff early on makes sense to me. Yeah, I could probably use some lifesteal somewhere in there, too. Um, maybe audio medic, something like that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Lucio will save us. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think this, like, obviously, first day of the expansion, so there's a lot of tweaking and stuff that can be done. But all of the, we've got links in the show notes to all kinds of stuff. So all these decks that we're talking about are linked in the show notes as well as the off-curve page where Hat keeps track of all of his deck lists. Uh, we've got a li links to Vicious Syndicate. We've got links to HS Replays Meta. It's all in the show notes, so go and check that out. But uh, yeah, so this specifically is the Vicious Syndicate Dreaming Big Beast Hunter list from their list of 40 decks to try on day one. And uh, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to tinker with it, which is something I never say. <laughs> like, I am not a tinkerer, but this makes me want to be like, there's so much fun at the bottom end of this deck. Like, I need to figure out how best to get there because, man, oh, man, it's so good. And I can see the logic behind Renathal in that if you have more cards in your deck, you're less likely to draw the big beast because sometimes that can kind of mess things up if they're not in your deck anymore, if they're in your hand instead. Um, but that's what big dreams are for is to get the stuff out of your hand. So, yeah, I think overall there's there's some fun to be had here and I want to figure out how there's there's some opportunity to experiment it's early it's a rotation with the core that we got is basically like two sets being released at the same time so joss i have one key piece of advice a very what important key piece of advice click the mode selector in the top right and click casual and then have a good time but but my ranks <laughs> oh yes because of how great ranked makes you feel <laughs> yeah, that is true. I get really ragey, particularly right now. <laughs> go go find the fun. Go click the button yeah. that says everyone's here to chill. That's that's 
That is the place yeah, for big see, dreams. What's going to happen to me is that I'm going to click the button that says everybody's here to chill and I'm going to queue into an outcast demon hunter and I'm just going to cry and rage and cry and rage for the four turns it takes that game to end. <laughs> but you won't lose a star at the end. So it'll be uh, very ah. mildly different from the current standard experience that you're dealing with. I see. I get the I get the logic now. <laughs> Have you been uh, playing anything else? Yeah, so I also gave the Attack Druid a try. And this one, I mean, it kind of lined up with wh what we thought coming out of theory crafting is that it was going to be fun, but probably not win a lot. <laughs> and I found in particular, just trying to play Zoc on a like trying to live long enough to get there have my hero power be big enough to be impactful and create taunts that were going to save me. Uh, it was just a lot of like boxes that it felt needed to be ticked in order to actually play him. And I never like he I died with him in my hand probably. Five out of six games I played, I think, and the, and the other one, I just didn't draw him. <laughs> so like, I don't think I ever actually played him out onto the board. Which is which is kind of too bad because I like this idea. It was really cool. And I did win a couple of games um, just by, you know, the virtue of being able to like resummon the hero power manipulation cards. And, you know, like I, I think I got my attack up to like eight. And so like pushing the button is a rag hit wherever I want it to go. And that was super fun. But that only happened in like one game and everything else. It just like it just didn't have enough gas to really get there and pushing the button. It was hard to find time to do that. So it was it was fun. And I hope it gets a little bit of support, possibly in the mini set, because there's cool stuff here. It felt good when it worked, much like the hundred deck, but it didn't work very often. <laughs> Hero Power Druid definitely is popular. Uh, this feels like the class that probably lost the most. And playing against it, I celebrate that Scale of Anixia is not around. Playing with it, I'm really sad that Moonlit Guidance is not still around. That's the card I missed the most when playing it. But there are a lot of Druid experiments out there. People want this to be good. There are pairings with the Nubricon to do some wacky combo things where they can. It's way, way worse. Way, way worse. There still might be something there. But overall, Druid has a lot of experiments that... People want it to be good, and it isn't, so you can see the win rate kind of dropping. Um, there might be ways to do it, but it turns out pressing the hero power button every turn is really rough in terms of mana pressure, and it only worked before when Guff gave us the crystals back. And then you did other stuff, like killing them from 60. We don't do that no more. We, we do a little <laughs> bit at a time. Um, and there are a lot of ways that we really get punished by wide board, so Druid is back to losing to what Druid was supposed to lose to this whole time. Which is probably fine. And I think, yeah, maybe this just isn't the meta for and, and I said this in our conversation offline earlier today is like, I feel like because of the decks and the style that I like to play, which is a very like tempo-y kind of mid-rangey stuff that um, this just isn't the meta for me because it's very, very aggressive right now, which is usually what happens on a rotation. And it just it takes some of the other play styles time to kind of adjust. Like I talked about making some changes to the hunter list. Like it just it takes people time to adjust in order to counter that very aggressive strategy. 
So I just need a whole bunch of control players to flood the ladder so that they can take advantage of all this aggro. And then once there's a little bit less aggro and a little more control, then that's my sweet spot. (laughs) I will be the bearer of bad news that Big Dreams is probably going to remain something of a dream. Uh, no. It's still five mana do nothing. It's listen. I can there, do it. <laughs> there are decks that play things on turns five, six, and seven that are not control and not aggro, and you can use all your mana and you can do stuff, and and those decks will exist. I'm not sure it's big dreams. It might be hunter. I'm not sure it's five mana. Give me a second. Oh I'm not man, sure that's you are get absolutely crushing my biggest of dreams, and that makes me so sad. <laughs> no, first of all, only king crushes the big dreams uh second of all casual mode go try it it'll be fun but it's there are there are decks that are fast and there are decks that are slow that can do okay like i had a lot of games with some really good back and forth where i wasn't sure i was uh, like i thought i was gonna lose well no i, was, I thought i was gonna win then in the middle i thought i was gonna lose then there was more comeback and like oh wait is this actually lethal um there have been a lot of decks like that where you can do stuff in the middle of the game and you can influence the outcome, but it's not a sure thing. And so I like the direction the format's going in. And before we get into just a larger look at the format in general, I think it's important to say right now, the outliers that we see are small, not immediate or obvious problems that need emergency fixes are often just decks that got refined early and there's still a ton of exploration going on. In terms of launch balance, this is pretty solid. There might be some things they nudge, and there will be some other strategies that get discovered by the player base so they don't. It's probably not in the format's best interest for them to nerf or change things too quickly, because right now, we're seeing decks that were figured out last expansion. This is a harbinger of the next section. Um, (laughs) And then some new stuff is starting to emerge, but there's nothing that I've played against so far that feels like this should not, not have ever been printed. There are things that are like, that might be a hair too good. They drew a lot of cards there. They did a lot of damage there. But nothing that makes me think, why did they put this in the game? <laughs> I have feelings like that about Demon Hunter. <laughs> I know. I know you do. We'll talk about it. But that it is on par with your previous Demon Hunter feelings. It is, that's the thing. It's reinforcing my pre-existing bias because... Demon Hunter is really good right now. They're doing super crazy things. They are doing a lot of damage to me very, very quickly and yet always seem to have refill, which makes me very angry. And I already had like suppressed, but there feelings of why did they put this class in the game? And that's been there ever since they put the class in the game. So I recognize my own internal bias. (laughs) And whenever Demon Hunter is doing something very powerful, they are the class that always sticks out to me that I'm just like, God damn it, can we just delete this, please? I hate it. And I know that that's my own bias and it's just like Demon Hunter falls down. Like they haven't been the top of the top since they released. They've they've had their ups and downs like everybody else. But when Demon Hunter is up, oh my God, it's like a knife in my side. (laughs) Well, it, knife in your face, really, because they do well, that. Yeah. yeah, and it is worth noting. So right now, just to give a brief overview of way too early stats, and please, this is almost a horoscope more than stats, but it's pretty easy to figure out <laughs> if you look at the ladder. Death Knight, Demon Hunter, and Paladin are the top classes right now. Uh, basically, every triple rune Death Knight is good. Uh, Demon Hunter is both Outcast, and Relic is starting to pick up 
Steam, but Outcast was the day one darling of the new cards. It's very fun, it's very powerful, it's very fast, it does a ton of damage, and they draw a lot of cards. Uh, and then various forms of Pure Paladin, which we'll talk about in a second here, is also quite good. And Totem Shaman right below that. But please keep in mind, the top of the ladder, outside of just Blood Decay, is all proactive decks. Not even aggro, but really proactive, curve-focused, damage-heavy. They punish big dreams. And things like <laughs> big dreams, they punish the slow, ambitious, give-me-a-second-to-put-this-together decks, which is what you see at the bottom. Things like Tony Warrior, Light Show Mage, uh, uh, Big Shaman. Okay, so what's, what, is, what is Tony Warrior? So, you know, you know Tony, the, the swappy pirate guy, right? Right, okay. Yep, five mana, four, six, neutral. When he's in play, the decks are swapped. If he gets silenced or killed or whatever, they swap back. Right, right, right. Um, and finale draw card. So what you do with him, uh, well, what you shouldn't do with him, but what some people are trying, uh, is <laughs> you play him on turn seven, then you play Fires of Zinajari. It's a voyage card, two mana, transform your deck into minions that cost five or more, and the, they cap the cost at five. Then... Tony dies the next turn, and then you play Steam Cleaner, which deletes all cards that were placed in decks after the start of the game, so you give them their deck back that's full of new 5-drops, and then you delete the whole thing. People were worried about this being turn 8, you just you play nothing but removal, then this wombo combo, take their deck, replace it, give it back, empty it, and they're out of stuff. The reality is, first of all, Warrior doesn't have the control cards. Second of all, they just beat you with what's in their hand. Third of all, they beat you with cards that do things. So, deck is terrible. And Naga Light Show Mage at the bottom, again, not too far off. Very ambitious, has a big hope as to something good happening, and it's kind of just not happening right now. So the proactive decks always perform early. The only real exception to this right now is Blood Death Knight, because all the Death Knight decks are doing really well, because the vast majority of them are playing very few new cards, like under five, because they don't have to. These are March of the Lich King decks yeah, that were designed yeah. to be competitive. And they'll have to nudge them back a little bit because it's basically six set decks and a four set meta. And they probably will shave some edges off. But also, keep in mind, they were figured out four months ago and none of the other decks are figured out yet. Of course, they're going to look really good in the stats. That'll calm down. They still probably need to like shave some edges here and there, but it'll calm down. So pure paladin. So I tried this. It didn't work <laughs> for me. I know it worked for you, and uh, but I, yeah, I didn't have success playing it, and I know I beat the Paladin, the only other pure Paladin that I actually faced, um, and so, I mean, like, tell me how you're winning. How do you find success with this deck? Because, like, stats on HS Replay are really good for pure Paladin as well. Like, it is definitely winning. I'm just not seeing that. So, WTF, hat, WTF. <laughs> so... Uh, a big part of this is just like, well, hitting the curve and aggressively getting light rays down. Light ray feels really, really strong right now with order in the court. Um, though it actually looks like the topless and HSR isn't even running order in the court. I don't know, just a bunch of free five, five fives and really proactive stuff. It performs really well against Blood Decay, which is really popular right now because they don't like Divine Shields. And so Pure Paladin just loads up with a lot of Divine Shields. You consistently keep the pressure on. You get under Soul Stealer. You are largely immune to Blood Boil. You can kill the new Blood Decay card Screaming Banshee without giving them any life, which is really, really important because that card is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. And otherwise, you just hit him in the face with big minions really quickly, and you plot out a clear curve. Now, it's not perfect, and you don't like seeing things like Frostworm's Fury, for example. But because the control decks take a while to figure out, and 
some of the best control strategies against you aren't viable right now. For example, Primordial Wave and Shaman is something we hate seeing, but slower Shaman decks aren't working at the moment. Uh, there's not really as much that tries to take the bubbles off. You're really The worst matchup you're going to see is going to be Control Priest, because they shard the you and then you're sad. Um, but otherwise, curving and buffing and smacking the opponent around and playing cheap Blight Rays has been pretty good for me so far. It looks like statistically, again, way, way too early... Uh, the most popular best decks are more of the Divine Shield package than the Dude package. I've liked the Silver Hand package more myself anecdotally, but it's a really small sample size. Really, really small. Yeah, so that's the deck that I was playing was the kind of the combo of the peer deck, but also with the Dude package, just because, like, who doesn't want a coin muster? Like, it's been so long since we've done that in Standard. It made me really happy. So, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I've been a... A player that has loved dude paladin builds ever since that became a thing so i mean this is right up my alley i just could not for the life of me make it work um and man frost room's fury <sighs> frost dk makes me so sad <laughs> and like and i and i totally understand everything that you said about uh about death knights and i know like they had an opposite launch to Demon Hunter and they, you know, definitely weren't OP and had to get buffed and they were in a pretty good spot. But you're right. Like it feels like they still have every single one of their tools and everybody else lost a whole ton of stuff. So we're here scrambling, trying to make stuff work. And they're just like, ha, 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 I got you meta. So and actually, I do want to talk about Rainbow DK because that's the only one right now. And that's kind of what they were pushing with this set. And that's the only DK list that has a sub 50% win rate on HS Replay. Um, do we think that that's just people still figuring things out or is it too slow? Is it, you know, not going to work right now? What are your rainbow DK thoughts? Because otherwise DK, like you said, like Unholy, Frost and Blood are all like pushing between 55 and 60% win rates. Like they're all solid decks right now. Uh, but Rainbow is just not doing too, not doing so hot. So, so remember, the refined decks are the ones that are performing, and the new yeah. deck isn't. So it's just, I don't know if the support is there. Unfortunately, Cindergosa, I love her, but she's not very good. Uh, the legendary spell is, it's a lot of mana, and it's a lot of work for something that doesn't necessarily end the game. Um... It just feels like the pieces aren't connected well enough right now, but also it's a brand new deck and we haven't figured it out yet. Whereas all the other ones, the best performing Frost DK on HS Replay, which has a crazy win rate, um, has zero new cards because it was figured out already. So yeah, the information advantage of an extra four months of refinement is enormous in the first 24, 48 hours of expansion. We're recording uh, 30 hours in uh, and there just hasn't been time to figure anything else out. Having played a little bit of Rainbow DK, um, I don't know if the tools it has are going to line up with some of the other tools in the format. I played it today. My first game was against Control Priest. I had a Foul Egg with a Hawkstrider Rancher buff that I Death Growled into two other minions, and, including another Foul Egg. And then my Control Priest opponent played Shard of the Naru, and I was very sad. Um, <laughs> so I lost that game on turn three. I kept playing for a little bit, but they just dumpstered me. So speaking of control priest, now I haven't played any priest, but I know you have. So <sighs> what are what are your priesty thoughts? <laughs> Chat made me do it. <laughs> uh, it's, so it was. Chat made me do it. So it was really good or chat made me do it. and It was horrible and I hated every second. <laughs> I'm not choosing. Those are both. Okay. True. <laughs> As, all right. So 
I, I was in ch- in chat. I was winding down. It was four a.m. Um, because my my launch day streams I t- I took today off. I always do. Um, and one of the one of the viewers said, "Well, can we see you play a control deck for for once?" I was like, "All right." <laughs> so I picked up a control priest list. The first game was against a light show mage, unwinnable matchup. So whatever they destroyed me. I'm like, "All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna." It, the game didn't take very long. Still had a little bit of gas left in the tank. I'm like, let's, let's play a game against a matchup that isn't specifically designed to beat me. Cued into a blood DK, and I fatigued them out. Uh, <laughs> and it took 25 minutes, and the only problem I had the whole game is that my hand was too full the whole time, and so I had to find super cheap spells off of my Svalna Vision of Darkness to just dump them. And there were times when I picked spells and I only got three good options that I couldn't dump right away. And so my hand literally overflowed. That was the biggest problem I had. Blood Decay can't beat you. They cannot. Like, maybe if they turbo patchwork and hit Svalna, but even then, I just had so many resources the whole game. Um, And the silence tools are really strong, the removal's really strong, and it's kind of a format where, like you said, there's a lot of aggress. The control decks can do okay. And there's not a ton of combo. And the combo is mostly not that good. Uh, Relic Demon Hunter is the only combo deck I see coming up that could actually be decent because Light Show Mage just ain't it against anything proactive. So, like, I think this might secretly end up being a control format pretty soon. Control Priest is going to be one of the better decks, I'm pretty sure. Once the build gets figured out, there are just so many different things to do. Now I'm not going to play it. I won the hate <laughs> You it. just, you refuse? Yeah. Hey, I understand. That is Demon Hunter for me in a nutshell. Even when there was that death rattle demon hunter, that didn't feel very demon huntery. I played it, I won with it, and I was just like, "Nope, I can't, I can't do it, I refuse." <laughs> yeah, I might try control priest though. <laughs> you will like it because you like uh, making your opponent miserable. Oh, you you got you got that covered. Um, and if you want to play control like blood decay, also very good. The other slower strategies haven't really been figured out yet, but I know that both priest and Death Knight are the way to do it. I'm not as sure about Warrior, but I probably wouldn't start there. And Shaman, there might be something, but there also super might not be. Yeah, and I think there's just, Shaman's doing other stuff right now um, that's just kind of better. (laughs) So, like, if you want to play Control, Blood DK and Control Priest seem to be really powerful. And if you want to play Shaman, there's better ways to win. (laughs) So... Maybe not Shaman, but maybe eventually we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Totem seems to be doing pretty good. I've seen a lot of Totem Shamans that are doing really well right now. Um, yeah, anything with a combo of Totems and Murlocs <laughs> seems to be good. So they're doing board, board floody things. I was calling those Bloodlust Shamans, but the Totem decks might not even be playing Bloodlust. So they're all Rotgill Shamans now because they all play that card. Mm. That card's great. Um, but yeah, it's... There, we did this during theory crafting, and I'm glad it's held up. Um, that you just kind of go super wide, super fast. If you get carving chisel into anchored totem, you just suddenly have this huge board out of nowhere and like turn four, and then they die. Yeah, anchored totem is really good and feels very satisfying to play. Yeah, it's. I really like the go wide shaman decks, the slower strategy, the overload stuff. Haven't been figured out yet. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if the tools are there yet. Um, 
but there might be something. But yeah, the the Go White Shaman is one of my favorite strategies right now. It's in terms of what I've been playing overall. Um, there are decks I'm winning with. Miracle Rogue, still really good. Uh, it's hard to play, similar to last expansion. I haven't played much of it, but it's really good still. Um, Outcast Demon Hunter, super fun. And I will we'll make sure I clarify. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I will clarify because uh, some folks in chat had said uh, said some silly things about how anyone that wasn't there for day one Demon Hunter gets to experience it again now. No, absolutely not. It's... <laughs> If you were there, you understand. And if you weren't, you will never experience anything like that again, I hope. Because that is the most unbalanced I have ever felt the game be. Like, it was... Joss is still mad about it three years later. (laughs) Is it really three years? I mean, I can hold a grudge. It is definitely one of my personality traits, but (laughs) that might be a little much. I'm I'm sorry, Demon Hunters. No, you're not. They're not either. I'm not. It's it's fine. It's, It's all good. Listen, they're the emo kids. They're used to nobody liking them. That's the whole point. That's true. That's true. I am feeding their personality, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So really good, really fun. You never run out of cards, but it's surprisingly difficult to play. Um, Face Hunter is good. There are some decks that I've enjoyed that I haven't had results with the same way. Hand Buff, Death Knight, I really like it, but there are a lot of things that just blow you out. Um, Menagerie Warrior, I've had a couple decent games, but the deck is like, okay. Same with like Black Rock and Roll Warrior. You can have some good turns. I'm not sure it's a good deck. Um, I want Naga Light Show Mage to work, but it's, it's really not it. It really not like that was a, not a day one deck. That was an hour one deck. Yeah. And it's kind of too bad because we did have that super crazy theory crafting and obviously theory crafting comes with the giant asterisks as we always say, but, um, it it is kind of too bad that like, I don't want a light show mage to be able to end me on turn five or six or wherever we were when we dealt that bajillion damage. But at the same time, I want it to be viable because it's so cool. And it's, again, playing with like the new cards and stuff like that and trying to manipulate your hand and do stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's not there right now. And that's that's kind of too bad. Yeah, it's uh like, not every deck is going to be great out of the gate, um, and people really want Naga Mage to be good again, and I'm I'm in that club. I'm in the Naga Mage fan club, but Spite Lash at 5 is not it. Just make peace with it. I tried on stream. I got blown out multiple times. I'm like, all right, sorry. <laughs> uh, the kind of mage that I did see working is Mech Mage. There's still a whole lot of support there. Um, so if you do want to do sharky mech things, that is still absolutely a thing that you can do. Same with mech pally. Um, rogue is doing piratey things in some cases. So that seemed to, again, a kind of a proactive, aggressive sort of style of play. Um, don't care what happens to their board. They just want to make a big weapon and hit you in the face. That happened to me. <laughs> I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do my big dreams and I'm just getting smacked around in the face and it makes me sad. But, uh, Hat, you obviously talked about Miracle Rogue already. Um, there's not a whole lot of representation of Rogue uh, on the HS Replay site right now. What are your thoughts on Rogue and specifically the new archetype with all that bouncing around? Um, nobody's talking about it. I don't see it anywhere. Is it just absolutely awful? <laughs> it's... I feel like there is at least some level of fatigue around what Rogue has been doing since Nathria. Um, I expected there to be a lot more Miracle Rogue going around. 
right now at high MMR. I have seen surprisingly little. Um, I don't know if that'll stay that way. I've been playing the deck some. It's still really, really powerful. Still really, really good. Um, but it's just not as popular. And yet the Rhyme Spinner stuff, I tried it. It's difficult to build, and there just doesn't seem to be quite as much interest in it. And I feel like it's not going to be all that great against Death Knight just because it's so board-heavy. Uh, it's hard to say, well, I'm putting Sinstone Graveyard in my deck but I'm not going to run Draka so I can run Rhyme Spinner. Like, that's just not a thing that's going to happen. So at a certain point, you start adding these cards, and you're like, well, I just put in this instead, just put in this instead, just put in this instead. Oh, I'm back to last expansion. Um, right. So, I don't know. I've been surprised, just like you, that there has been so little interest here. I'm not I'm not super well, mad about it. especially, and I mean, like, I, I was definitely in this club a, a little while ago when we saw all the core announcements but with all of the conversations around shadow step i thought this was going to be like day one everyone's playing it everyone's trying it oh my god we still have shadow step we still have the tools this is going to be it and it's nowhere <laughs> so maybe everyone on the internet will admit that they were wrong and shadow step wasn't really a problem i'm sure everyone just has their I'm sure that's going to happen that's yep. <laughs> it. Everyone will just come out and be like, Shadow Step is fine, actually. It's cool. Uh, that's definitely what's going to happen now. Everyone on the internet will admit that they made a misjudgment and that the devs were right. <laughs> yeah. Now who Can't has wait. the big dreams? Now who has yeah. the big dreams? <laughs> Mine will remain dormant for much more than two turns. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, okay, so uh, I think Warlock is really the big one that we haven't talked about we haven't touched on did you play any warlock at all did you see any warlock i played some thaddeus warlock it's fine i love the new spell i'm not sure if it's winning games but i love it played some Dexon's i've fine. seen i think i've seen two warlocks so far both of them played the new spell and then died <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> and then imps are people took out the curse package and they put in the fatigue stuff it's okay um but this one, I'm a little bit less surprised to see less of this because it's Imp Warlock with six new cards. The new cards are really fun. Um, and the the weapon, the Felstring Harp in the slower Warlocks, mm -hmm. card's great. Card's really, really good. I like it a lot. It, it makes a significant difference. But I kept like getting to the point where I saw how we could have won and then dying. Uh, and that happened a lot with Warlock. So there might need to be some experimentation here. There's fast stuff and there's slow stuff, but... It definitely has not caught the player base's attention quite the same way because the fatigue package isn't really a deck. It's a few cards. You want to play some number of them, but it's not really like, I don't think you can really build a fatigue deck. A lot of it is based on cards from the last couple expansions. So I'm a little less surprised that we haven't seen as much engagement with it. I'm sure it'll be around, but yeah, it's I've seen very little Warlock overall. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's just I, I watched a little bit of Language Hacker last night as well, and it just seemed like everything he was queuing into was like DK, 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 which is obviously going to be more of a problem the higher in the ladder that you get versus people a little bit lower down experimenting and having fun because, you know, those legend players, they don't have fun. They hey, have ranks. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm right here. I was having fun bouncing off the plat five floor at 11x. Like I just I, I was streaming and I had my win five games quest and it took me three hours and 20 minutes to clear it. Um, now, some of that was pack opening, but still we tried some stuff and it was very trying. It's trial and error. We really <laughs> focused on the error part. It's 
it's not just like the Death Knight matchups either, because it's just the Warlock cards, they're you have good cards, but I don't know if you have a good game plan overall. Like, you can have some good turns. But I don't want to see Paladin here either, because they have Divine Shields, and all my removal does nothing, then they hit me in the face. And, like, I take away <laughs> Divine Shield, and they seal a blood, and they put it back. Like, I just I just dealt with that. What are you doing? Yep. So, there are... We're really early on right now. There are some things that are that have some legs, most of the proactive stuff, most of the low-curve stuff. There are some things that'll take a while to figure out. Um, there are older decks that are good, newer decks that are good, and then some classes that seem to be performing, some classes that definitely aren't quite yet. Uh, rogue is a big surprise to me, but in terms of the low interest, the most popular rogue deck on HSR is the Pirate Rogue that you ran into, which is actually pretty fun and pretty decent. <laughs> for you, not for your opponent. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's they are able to play off-board very effectively. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, It's this is the story of every expansion, and this one doesn't seem to have any particular outliers. I will say, four set metas that we've recently had, Voyage and Barons, took forever to kill anybody. Not this, not now. Yeah. Really different from the past two four set environments. There is so much more proactivity and pressure and ability to do stuff for every class, even the bad ones. Yeah, it does. I will say, like, I agree with you. This is the most, I think, interesting four set meta. Definitely the fastest that I remember in a long time. It seems like there's a lot of options. And I think some of that has to do with the decisions made in the core set. Some of it has to do with um, just the kind of strength and interest across all classes that we had. I feel like the entire year of the Hydra right? Every set that came out, it seemed like we were constantly having the same sort of conversation around like, hey, everybody has something to do. You know, like some are slightly better than others, but everyone has something cool and mostly viable Except that you can do. Except Warrior, yeah. Just in this whole conversation, yeah, just leave Warrior out of it. But in general, in everybody else. Fun. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since Pirates. <laughs> Uh, but in general, last year, it very much felt like every expansion we were saying, you know, this class has this viable deck, this class has this viable deck. And in rotation, we didn't lose any of those tools, right? Uh, so it felt like maybe last year was a pretty good example of uh, getting to a good place balance-wise and interest-wise between classes so that now we have some more tools in the core set. And like we talked about with that whole rotation, the stuff that we lost was stuff that wasn't seeing play anyways. And the stuff that was coming in enabled a lot of things that they brought in then in festival. So it very much feels like we kept a lot of that interest and a lot of that viability across classes with the couple of exceptions that we mentioned. And uh, it seems like there's a lot of decks, you know, for better or worse, (laughs) there's a lot of decks available on ladder um, to, you know, play and to play against, which, you know, variety is what some people absolutely love. <laughs> right now, I am much, much too busy to understand what is going on in this meta, but a lot of people really like the variety, so I am happy for those of you who did not lose that variety at the start of a four-set meta. When I look at popularity over uh, the launch of the expansion, the worst class right now overall per HS replay is Mage, and they are still around 10% of the format in terms of popularity since launch uh, in fifth place. 
The worst class right now, the worst ones would probably be Mage and Warrior. I've been maintaining the deckless spreadsheet. We still have multiple entries for both of those classes for things you can do different archetypes. And some of this is exploration. Mage in particular is a lot of people having, uh, you know, going to a light show and uh, and seeing if they can get that to work. Is anyone playing around with a, with DJ Manastorm and trying to do like a big spell thing? I have a Tice deck list and he is trying to do that. Yes. Um, it, you know, Tice disclaimer. But yes, there are a couple people trying <laughs> to do that sort of thing. Um, the worst class right now is probably better than a multiple times last year where some classes were just kind of unplayable. Um, there are options for everybody, and there's no one that I could talk to that would say, I only want to play this class, and I'd be like, sorry, you just can't. There's We're early on, but there's something for everyone to try that feels like there's potential. And I think that's a pretty good spot to be. Not a perfect format, but so far, I want to get back to playing, and that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Because we've had some balanced outliers as well over the past few expansions where in the first two weeks, you knew in the first day or two what they were going to nerf we don't have that right now Mm -hmm. well then i mean on that note did you want to get back to playing then should we wrap this up or do you have any final meta thoughts uh so just check out the links in the show notes there are three main sources i use uh well actually four main sources at this point uh to go find decks and of course like we're always happy to help you find them but there are some resources you can go to that are constantly updated they're all in the show notes first viciousindicate.com just whenever you want a deck list ever, bookmark viciousyndicate.com. Go there. They either have an article uh, with theorycrafted decks or an article with tested decks. You can never go wrong with those. They're updated on a weekly basis, but they are data-driven. Uh, viciousyndicate.com. HS Replay, of course, big fans of their product. Uh, and then there's a deck list spreadsheet that Wick Good and I update for the first week of the expansion over at offcurve.com. It's linked in the show notes. Basically, I just take all the lists I find on Twitter and paste them into a document so I can play them later, but it's public so everybody can see them. And then uh, over at donkey.top, the home of the infamous donkey page, (laughs) at the top of the website, it says streamer decks. You will see what people are streaming right now and their record worth with it. And you can either go to their stream or just copy it into your client. I I keep this tab open all the time. Just go there. You'll see what people are streaming. Grab something that someone's doing well with. Go play. These four resources will really help you just find something now that you haven't seen before. And that's the that's what I really love about launch is just doing new things that we haven't seen before. Yeah, uh, HS Replay also has functionality. There's a tab that says uh, live now or something like that um, in each different cut. Con- now you have to like drill down into the deck. But um, if you're like if you just went up against a person or you know what you want to play, there's a stream Twitch streams to be found there. And I really like that just as a resource in general. Because and I, I didn't know that there was a streamer decks page on uh, Donkey, but um, I love being able to watch someone who knows what they're doing pilot a deck before I try it. Because I'm not one of those people who can look at a deck list and instantly see the synergies or the combos or the point of the deck. I very much need somebody to give me a strategy rundown, which Hat normally does through my Hearthstone support Discord <laughs> conversation with him. So usually I'll get like a deck list from Hat and then he'll be like, on your mulligan, do this. This is your cool turn three play that you want to try for. And if you can get this and this and this together, kablamo, your opponent explodes. So not everybody has a hat on demand as I do. <laughs> so it's really, really nice to have uh, Twitch streamers 
there playing the decks that you want to play because you can just go and watch, you know, one or two games and see how the deck is meant to play out. And that is a resource I really need because I just I cannot look at a deck list and go, oh, I see the power. I look at a deck list and go, uh, I'm going to play whatever's green in my hand and see what happens, <laughs> which is not very strategic. So I like strategy rundowns from streams. So that's a great resource. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because the the if you go to any deck, uh, HS Replay, they have a lot of premium services that we love and use. But if you go to any deck list, the VODs tab is free. It is not premium. And you can sort by matchup. You can go to it has it links to timestamped VODs that sorts you can sort by result and by matchup. It's so incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really great resources. So again, all of those are linked in our show notes. You guys can go and check those out over at amove.tv. A uh, reminder, the TAC is supported by our Epic patrons. You can become a TAC patron by going to patreon.com slash TAC, and that will get you access to the TAC Discord. A very big thank you to our Patreon producers, Dustin C. and Jarrett F. Uh, you should go and follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast and catch us live for our final show next Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Plays. At where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, the hub of my content is over on twitter.com slash ridiculous hat. Uh, I also do two other Hearthstone podcasts. Coin Concede, make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconcede.com. Uh, and Vicious Syndicate, like I talked about before, uh, we take a data-driven look at the high-level Legend metagame. What about you, Joss? You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. You should also go check out my general gaming podcast. It's called The Gamers In. We talked all about the Dungeons and Dragons movie and all about the Super Mario movie on this most recent episode. So a little bit less on the gaming side, but uh, yeah, the Mario movie. There were some topics. <laughs> uh, it's it's it was busy. <laughs> yeah, sorry about your luck hat. <laughs> That's I, I appreciate it from a business standpoint because movie theaters are not going away anytime soon. But um, I, I appreciated going home at the end of my shifts as well. I'm sure. Yeah, the Mario movie made a gajillion dollars in its opening week. So, yeah, I can imagine that was not as, as much fun for you as it was for those of us who got to attend. But, uh, yeah, if you want to hear all of my thoughts about how terrible Chris Pratt's voice acting is, uh, go check out The Gamers In. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, job's done. Job's done. Job's done.